What are you saving up for? A vacation? A remodel? Or just because saving is a smart thing to do? A CD from Sandy Spring Bank gives you time to grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, you can earn interest at 4.25% annual percentage yield on a 14-month CD or 4.00% APY on a 35-month CD. Ready to grow your savings? Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit is $2,500, member FDIC. Live to tape. I don't even know our intro music. I'm like, wait, how does it go? (laughs) All right, well, (laughs) welcome to Millennials Season 2, Episode 22. I'm Laura. I'm Elisa. And I'm Matt. No Andrew this week, although we did get word that he survived his flight to London and was busy simming Bruce Springsteen the last time we checked in. Fuck. It's funny because Friday, our last Friday was... National Donut Day, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. was the perfect timing for the whole simming definition. Um, for those of you who, at home who might have missed out on what simming is, you should just go to Urban Dictionary and look up simming. Um, some of our fantastic listeners gave Andrew a wonderful gift for his birthday. Um, but yeah, he's he's he was really afraid to fly over he's- to London last week in light of the most recent plane disappearance, but he made it. He's he's afraid of everything, though. I feel like I, I, every kind of little thing that Andrew does, there's always a small amount of complete and utter terror. Mm-hmm. Well, he something. still has he still has to make it through one flight to get home. So he's, yeah, he still has to make it back, and that's you know that that's when it happens. <laughs> Andrew, just in case you haven't done this, if you would like to make me the beneficiary of you know all your money. That would be cool. It's funny because, like, this would be the perfect story to end for Andrew because <laughs> he's flying to London. He's seeing his favorite—I mean, not even his favorite. Like, he's seeing a a entertainer slash singer who he views as a god, and he's also just finished watching the uh, the new Harry Potter play, The Cursed Child. So. Like, really, what is there left to live for? I feel like you have thought a little too frequently and in depth about Andrew's mortality. I'm just going to throw that out there. This isn't the first time. We can just say that. I feel like if Andrew were on a plane that were crashing, he would be sobbing the whole way down, but then saying out loud, at least Anderson Cooper will cover this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh no, he'd be upset because there was no Wi-Fi. There's Wi-Fi in planes. I can't, well, anyway, on not to, the on ocean. Lighter, I can't scream this. On to a lighter this. topic, guys. Uh, we wanted to touch base on something that we talked about last week, which which was the, the Catholic Church battling legislation um, that would punish some of the pedophile priests mm-hmm. in its uh, church. Mm-hmm. Well, Pope Francis announced a new church law that any Catholic bishop who fails to sack pedophile priests can be removed from office. The Pope said he wanted the grave reasons more precisely defined. However, doubts remain about the Vatican's commitment to tackling the issue. Now, why might that be, guys? <laughs> Mainly because that's all they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen the other, any other side to the Catholic Church besides what they're, what they're trying to get rid of. Quote, like, at least the facade that they're trying to get rid of. I think, I think it's difficult to, to trust an institution that has such a deep-seated history of doing the precise opposite of what it's claiming to do. So mm-hmm. that's the problem. That said, I I want to believe that I mean Pope Francis, you know, the dope pope, I want to believe he's serious about this. I think he is. He's 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 made the most reform out of any pope um that we've had and we've had like several in our lifetime, which is weird. Um and so I want to believe him. I think I think that he's I think he's legit. The problem is that there's oftentimes a disconnect between the Vatican and what's happening in the United States. Right. But there's yeah. also, uh, he, I mean, he's also having to deal with shit in Australia, too. Uh, next week, he's, uh, the Pope is going to have to decide whether he's going to keep uh, one of his um, highest financial advisors uh, or let him go because he has been uh, under a lot of uh, 
he, he has been under a lot of scrutiny lately because he's uh, uh, people in Australia have been accusing him of covering up a lot of sexual abuse scandals right while he was climbing mm-hmm. himself up the uh, the ladder to, to to where he is now so um, Pope Francis next week has to decide whether he's going to keep him on or uh, let him go yeah. so that'll he, be a pretty I, good that'll be a pretty, the guy has a lot of shit to deal with it'll be a pretty good benchmark to see mm-hmm. if he's mm-hmm. serious or not but uh, I am cautiously optimistic it's a pretty big deal to say we're gonna fire your ass if you don't take care of this so but they're already um, it, but the thing is too in this article uh, it did state that there already is a law that uh, says that you can remove someone but um, he, the Pope is trying to emphasize that uh, emphasize the, gr- the quote grave reasons behind it so I think honestly what Pope Francis is doing is um, saying guys seriously like you need to do a better job of covering this up or we're gonna have to fire you Yep, and we will keep an eye on the Pope, or on the Pope dope, the dope Pope. (laughs) The dope Pope. (laughs) Uh, And the Catholic Church over here at the Millennial News Center. But we do have some Millennial Election updates. Yeah, we do. So right now, right now as we speak, actually, California and five other states actually are holding its primary. Um, It's been really neck and neck between Hillary and Bernie, actually. And this is... This is kind of newsworthy in and of itself just because Clinton was kind of steamrolling Sanders in the polls up until pretty fucking recently in California. And then just within the past couple of weeks, he's been doing a lot of campaigning there. And now he's gotten within one or two points of her. That's huge. It's, it's basically a veritable tie for all intents and purposes. And that's a, that's a big deal for the Sanders campaign. But that said... There's been a lot of reports, uh, you know, AP reported, uh, uh, Reuters reported that Hillary is now the Democratic nominee. So despite mm-hmm. the polls being so close, they've still called it for Hillary. This is that's also a big deal. Um, and the Sanders campaign and their supporters are pretty pissed about it because they're like, well, what the fuck? They have they, the the polls haven't even opened yet, let alone closed. Why are you calling mm-hmm. this for Hillary? Well, this was the same. Well, re- oh, sorry. Go go ahead. I was going to say they're calling it because Hillary reached the required amount of delegates to nab the nomination. Right. Well, she they did the same thing with Hillary that they did with Donald. They they called the the delegates and asked who they were planning on supporting. And they're not like the actual pledge delegates. So well, that's what that's what we did. They did the same thing when they announced that uh, Donald was going to be the uh the presumptive nominee. So they did the same thing with uh, with Hillary, and they, and that's why they uh, said that she was going to be uh, nominated as the primary. Here's here's candidate. the most important the most important takeaway from all of this. If we remember nothing else about the California primary or any of the fucking primaries, it's that the Democratic primaries are proportional. All of them, every single one. There is no winner take all state. So even if Sanders were to beat Hillary in California tonight. It, it it wouldn't it wouldn't matter in terms of math in terms of the electoral college it just doesn't make a difference because unless he beats her by a crazy margin which isn't going to happen it it's not it doesn't make a dent in anything so even if he beats her let's say 55 to 45 fine mm-hmm. she she still gets a shitload of delegates and it still puts her over the threshold. She doesn't need to win California to get over the threshold because she's won so many others. So that's, that's, that's the takeaway here. All of this is proportional winning a state, right. winning a state does not necessarily mean that you have won in any kind of big picture sense because it's proportional and as well, it should be. That's the most democratic way of, of doing things is for it to be proportional. That said, Sanders, there's a couple of other primaries tonight, North and South Dakota, both of them caucus states. Sanders tends to do pretty well in caucus states, so he might pick those up. Um, But yeah, we should have a larger conversation about this now that it's all wrapping up at Mm -hmm. a later date. What What does this mean after today with California and the other not so important states? Well, historically... I'm just kidding, it would, by the way. It would seem like it was prudent for Sanders to withdraw 
um, after California is over. That's what Clinton did back in 2008 when it came to Obama, as a matter of fact. After it right. became clear that he was going to be the nominee and then California happened, she withdrew shortly thereafter and threw her support behind him. So I think that's what a lot of people are hoping is going to happen. But Sanders is still claiming that he's going to take this to the convention floor. Oh, God. And, like, let me just say something. Because Elisa was just talking about, like, the process being democratic in that it allocates delegates delegates, um, proportionally. Something else that's democratic about the process is that the person who gets the most votes wins. And that's what's happening. I feel like a lot of people are not clear about that. I'm seeing a lot of anger coming from people who seem to be under the impression that Sanders has the popular vote and that he's somehow getting fucked over. And that's not what's happening. Yeah. John Oliver did a pretty cool bit on this, actually, where he 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 looked at all of the instances that the Sanders campaign had pointed to of being. Um, either cheated somehow or where mm-hmm. the Hillary campaign had, I don't know, had done something unethical. He took all of the cases where there had been accusations of that and he assumed that they were all right and gave those delegates to Sanders instead. Even then, Clinton still wins the popular vote by several million votes. So even if you were to to say, yeah, Sanders campaign, you're right. There's been some unethical shit happening here and there. Even if we were to grant you all of that, she still would win the popular vote. So I think it's valid. If you're a Sanders supporter, I think it's totally valid to be really upset and disappointed right now. I think it's totally valid to be pissed, frankly. But you shouldn't mm-hmm. be pissed at, at the system necessarily. I think you should just be pissed at your fellow voters for not getting on board. Mm-hmm. This is this is the that. way this is the way it it works. Anyway, we sh- we should talk about this at at length later. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just something we want to throw in here in here real quick is um, we are expecting an Obama endorsement of Clinton sometime early this week, and it's also been reported that Obama spoke on the phone with Sanders on Sunday night, and I'm guessing that it's probably to tell him that his watch has ended. <laughs> no. Oh. He's super rock on the phone, like, winter is coming. <laughs> Your watch is ended. Winter is coming. <laughs> oh I, I, love, I, <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of, you guys know Tormund from, from Game of Thrones, the one who's, like, obsessed mm-hmm. with Brienne. I love the idea of, like, Hillary Clinton giving Barack Obama the eyes, like, the sex eyes. Like, yeah, I'm coming for you. With the nice big ginger beard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I could see Hillary with a ginger beard. And speaking of election stuff, this week's After Dark is going to actually be about millennials' plans for election season. So we have a few ideas that we want to kind of talk about, some ideas about maybe doing some live shows to cover the conventions, maybe doing an election night event in D.C. Some orgies. So, yeah. So we kind of want to just kick around some ideas, talk about what new segments we might invent. So this will actually be a really cool After Dark because you're going to get to hear us do some show planning. And we're going to be accepting your feedback. So if you have any great ideas for what we should do, you can definitely send those in. Millennialshow at gmail.com. Yep. Damn All right. So, Elisa, can you kick us off with the news? I can. So Kick it. This is, this is a little bit, this is a little politics and a little social media, so I love it. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Microsoft, as well as the European Commission have just unveiled a new code of conduct to remove hate speech in less than 24 hours from all of their social media platforms. One big reason why they're doing this is because ISIS has been successfully using social media to recruit fighters over the past few years. Twitter has already suspended 125,000 accounts related to ISIS since mid-2015. That's crazy. In addition to that, the European economic recession has fostered some far-right parties leading to a lot of online anti-Semitism and xenophobia and what have you, and this is all manifesting uh, in really, really bad ways online. So the tech companies don't want to feel held responsible for hate speech on their platforms, and they're taking this strong stance as a result. But it is somewhat at odds with their promotion of free expression. 
Facebook and Twitter, for example, have in the past outright refused to delete content or accounts for using racial slurs and offensive language. So some people are saying, okay, I get it. I understand why you're doing this, but seems a little inconsistent. Where do we draw the line between hate speech and free speech? That's a tough call. Isn't it? It, it, Because I understand. I mean, obviously this is on a much smaller level, but we've kind of done something similar to this in our own Facebook group where – because it's ours, we don't want to tolerate the promotion of bigoted agendas. Right? But, like, right. at the same time, when you're Twitter, how do you realistically do that? Like, how do you do that in a way that is consistent? Because um, there is a difference, I think, between a group like the KKK mobilizing and sort of, like, leading a racist campaign on Twitter and like Jim Bob who lives in his trailer who likes to post racist jokes on Twitter. Like I think there's, there's yeah, a really and big especially, there. It's especially difficult for, for a platform like Twitter because that is by, you know, by basis of the entire app itself is released in real time. Like the updates, they mm-hmm. are released constantly. Like you refresh your feed every two seconds and you'll get a whole new page. And not only do you have to question on what is uh, categorized as hate speech, but also having to hire people that can monitor it constantly. Yeah, that's the thing is that I don't this – is, this, this is problematic just on its face because no one's going to agree what the fuck hate speech really means. Now, I think it's very clear if you see an account that's recruiting ISIS followers – Right. Then that's that that's that's not even frankly that's not even a matter of hate speech though that's just that's illegal terrorist activity that's international crime so I think I think in terms of like terrorist cells whether they're domestic or international that's obvious right it's super obvious but it's a little obvious but yeah. hate speech what is what does that mean exactly what does that what does that mean exactly I think most people would agree. That if you were to drop like a really serious racial slur like the N word, that's hate speech. But what if? But there are also plenty of people who say that words like slut and whore are also hate speech, and that that's wonder, really derogatory. And then the question becomes: so now do you ban content, uh, anything that says slut or whore? What about when Laura at replies me and she's like, "What's up, slut?" Like, is that also hate speech? Does that mean that now Twitter is going to look through and actually put words into context? Or are they just going to ban you outright? Like, I think hate speech is more focused on actual, like, speeches. Like, not so much uh, focusing on hateful terms and words as opposed to what the individual or company or whatever group is actually... Well, what their agenda is like hate speech as in like constant updates about how they are going to right. eradicate a quote problem or something with uh, a certain gr- individual group like based on sexual orientation or race color or religion um i think that categorizes more on what they're trying to say i think what you're describing is not so much hate speech but inciting violence and that's normally frankly where where the government draws the line as well that's why you can't scream fire in a crowded theater right that's like the typical Mm -hmm. example that's because you're inciting chaos and 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 you can't do that so i think it's a difference or invoking lies too right sure just saying like uh, gingers have no soul, and they sh- and they are not actually people. You're not really uh, invoking violence, but you are exacerbating a y- you know a stereotype or or view that is not exactly true or appropriate. I think if it were me, if I had to make a call, I would probably say if you're using it to incite violence, that's not cool. But if you're just being a bigoted asshole, you should still be able to be a bigoted asshole. And like, so if someone, if some private citizen goes on Twitter and 
call let's say they call me a slut and they mean that genuinely like they're not they're not kidding like they're like you know elise is a whore or like whatever i think they should be allowed to say that i think it's it's fucked up but they should be allowed to say that but then if they say elise is a whore and she deserves what she gets if she gets you know assaulted or elise is a slut and we should all attack her or whatever i hope her house burns down you know if, if there's if there's like a suggestion or a violence like let's let's get this person or let's get this group of people i think that's a fair line to draw right yeah, yeah. i wanted to ask you guys it's it's related in that it's the same discussion however it's something that happened in real life um recently there was a gentleman who stood i guess outside of a college campus and he was holding up a sign that said you deserve rape Ooh. and a female student went and clocked him in the base of the base in the face of the baseball bat mm-hmm. oh. and of course she was arrested and i got hot sauce in my bag yeah basically um but that's one of those things where it's like does his first amendment right extend to the point where he's allowed like he's allowed to stand outside of a place like could it be perceived that he was being threatening that he was acting as a threat to women on that campus or or was it just simply that yeah he's an asshole but he's allowed to say whatever he wants as long as he's not actually hurting anybody and you know the young woman despite the fact that i have no sympathy for this man probably shouldn't have hit him with a baseball bat no no. I mean, he deserved it, but it doesn't mean that, like, legally you can get away with it. Right, exactly. Yeah. There are other, like, psychological things she could have done to him that would scar <laughs> him for life. Matt's, like, suggesting psychological terror. I agree with Matt. I think that <laughs> this is what, this is how we should approach online hate speech or whatever, too, is we should just be like, you have a small dick. Like, like that, that mm-hmm. girl should have made another sign. I'd been like, and, and held it up in front of him and said, congratulations on your micro penis. That's what she should yeah, have done. Like a lot of these people who say these really f- hurtful, fucked up things to people on the internet have a lot of problems that they have, you know, personally. And I think we as, you know, respectable human beings sh- have a responsibility to play off that. Yeah, I agree. We should capitalize on their worst fears and insecurities. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they're doing this and we need to... You know, we should tell fight fire with fire and then burn it that, and then destroy it. That guy is like, you deserve to be raped or whatever. You should be like, well, your mom beat you because she doesn't love you. Like that's mm-hmm. you, you, you fight fire with fire. Like you said, Matt, I think that we should start this campaign. Psychological so. warfare. So, hashtag psychological warfare. That's how we're going to. That's right. Well done. Speaking of which, let me tell you. Um, so I make a lot of poor life choices. I just made one of them a few minutes ago. Cool. After Elisa Wh- gave what? her um, her sort of like example of me tweeting her saying, sup, slut. I like went to my phone and did it. Oh, my God. Except just now I realized that I was on the millennial profile and not on my personal profile. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so wait, you at replied me from millennial saying what's yeah. up, slut. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Laura. <laughs> Oops. This is this you is did why it we again. can't have nice things. Here's my favorite. No, here's this my is favorite why part. you can't have nice things. No, no, no. We, Matt, because she she did it from our collective account. <laughs> I my favorite oh. part of that is it's only been up for a few minutes and already already someone's liked it. Zach, Zach, you asshole. Zach is Zach's cool. No, I like Zach that. was actually one of our. Um, Millennial T-shirt golden ticket winners, so he's going to be joining us. Good, on the show this good, <laughs> good, good. I want to confront you about this, Zach, <laughs> Zachary. Oh man! All right. Well, moving along, we have a story that is exciting, incredibly serious. It's something that has been circulating oh. a lot this week. You've probably seen it on your social media. Um, you've probably heard about Brock Turner, who um, wh- who is a star swimmer at Stanford University. Um, last week, he was convicted of sexual assault, um, where he raped an unconscious woman at a fraternity party in January of last year. Um, he originally faced up to 14 years in prison. His prosecutors asked for six years, but instead... 
Turner received only six months in jail and three years of probation after a judge worried that a stiffer sentence would have a, quote, severe impact on him. Hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, is he talking to the, the guy or the girl? The guy. Well, this is, this is the judge's reasoning in general. Right. Um, Six so, yeah. months? Like- six months. Uh, you rape somebody, and that's worth six months in jail. Apparently. Oh and- you can have a child in less. What? Earn more. I'm sorry. <laughs> it takes like, no, longer to have a child. Matt, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of children are you having? <laughs> are you are you mating with 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 armadillos? Like they gestate in like four months. Oh well, I, I'm, I was a late bloomer, so possibly. Okay, we're getting back to this. So apparently, here's one of the more tragic parts. As though it weren't tragic enough about this entire story, is that. Um, the the victim didn't, of course, because she was unconscious, she didn't know that it happened to her until she woke up in a hospital the next day and clearly was, you know, pretty pretty beaten up. She had to have the story kind of told to her through media. She read a, an article online about her own sexual assault, and that's how she got the most details out of it. She went to a party with her sister uh, on campus and... Um, and then, you know, sort of uh, blacked out, and the next thing she knew, she was in a hospital. It should be noted, two two students um, who were – they're from Sweden, but they're Stanford students – were riding by on bicycles and saved her because they saw him um, raping her, and she was laying there clearly unconscious and not moving, and they saved her. So I thought – she points out she writes this incredible letter that she read before the court. It's been making waves all over the place. It's like 13 pages long, but well worth the read. Um, and she calls them her heroes in there. And I thought it would just be worth pointing out that I agree. Um, however mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. awful it was, you know, they stopped it before it could get uh, even worse. God. Yeah, I just... The thing that really strikes me about this is I think this is yet another example of how rape culture is so accepted and so ingrained for us that people, including this guy's father, by the way, are looking at this being like, oh, it's just something that he did for like 20 minutes. That's what his father said. He literally said that six months in jail is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action. Mm-hmm. That's twenty minutes of action. No, twenty minutes of rape. That's, Let's just yeah. be clear. Yeah, yeah. And like going off of that time frame too. Like, how long does it take to shoot someone to death? I was just about to say that. It, exactly. It, it takes it takes thirty seconds to pull a trigger and kill somebody. Are you going to say, oh, it's a steep price to pay for thirty seconds? <laughs> no one says that. But people, no. as to Laura's point. We hear a lot about rape culture, and I think that that term is sometimes thrown around loosely, and no one's really sure how it's defined or what it means. It's one of those things, though, I think you know it when you see it, and this is clearly it. This is what we mean by rape culture. You know, this this father, clearly he's going to love his son unconditionally. I don't think we fault him for, for that. But trying to defend your son who's a rapist is not love. That's damaging both to your son and more importantly to the victim and to society. That's not love or support. Like that's, that's not okay. And his, his defense of his son, Oh, it was only 20 minutes of action. That's what we mean by rape culture. More importantly, the six months of jail time is also rape culture because this, because the judge actually has power over society. He actually has authority here. Yeah. And as we said at the beginning of this story, he was he was originally he was going to be able to get up to 14 years in prison, which, in my opinion, still not enough. But it would have been better than six months. And the reasoning for not wanting to give him a ton of jail time was that they were afraid it was going to impact him heavily because he's or a the star. School. Yeah, he's a star athlete. He's a star swimmer. And, you know, he might go on to be an Olympic um, athlete. And we wouldn't want to take that from him. We wouldn't want an Olympic rapist. So I, I well, we're gonna have one. I know. Apparently. I mean, we're not gonna want him damaged. Like we have to keep him. To, God, it's just it's. 
it just seems like it's always the same song and dance with these kind of situations where we see this we see where a star athlete or a star pupil who you know does these heinous things and we kind of gloss over it because he he is a celebrity or he or she like this 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 person is a celebrity of some sort and we also see it in in entertainment famous people do not get the the same responsibility that normal human beings get treated for i just I I just don't know know how long it's going to take until like something like this actually gets taken seriously. I think back to the 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 issue with this being six months because let's be clear that's really that's really in my opinion what sort of made this whole this this story a flashpoint. You know, like unfortunately, rape and sexual assault is so prevalent that. I think sometimes we become desensitized to stories about it. This became a flashpoint largely because the sentence was so light and because the judge was so blasé about the sentence and, like, sort of sympathizing with this young man. And I want to point out, we've had conversations in the past about mandatory minimums. I mean, the mandatory minimum of of, of prison time for having just 28 grams of cocaine is five years. So if you're carrying around 28 grams of cocaine, you're going to be in prison for bare minimum of five years. Oftentimes, the average is between 10 to 12 years. That's for just holding drugs. That's for just having drugs on your person. But if you are a violent criminal, you can get away with six months. That, too, is rape culture. Mandatory minimums in drug cases are ridiculous. But the mm-hmm. idea that we have prioritized them over generations, that we perceive to be a bigger issue than violent crime and rape, that also is rape culture. Yeah, well, and I mean, let's not forget the fact that spousal rape was not acknowledged to even be a thing until the 90s. That's true. 1989, I think, was the year. Yeah, like you it was couldn't... was the last year of the 80s. You couldn't legally rape your spouse. Yeah, and if you said <laughs> like, that your spouse had raped you, like, there was... You had zero legal recourse because that mm-hmm. was your wife or husband. Right. I mean, you married them, so you gave them permission to have sex with you when you, you didn't want it, right? You gave them consent when you said, I do. Yeah, which is patently ridiculous, of course, but... And it, it also... I mean, going back to this whole sentencing as well like what does that say to future uh victims of rape especially on campus where you know you're so terrified to even uh tell some tell the authorities just to tell your school about what happened and then because you think that they're not going to do anything because they fight over it so much and then when finally like something like this happens where someone's been accused and uh, uh has has admitted to it they only get a six-month sentence as opposed to 14 years yeah, well, I mean, look at Laura Hansen, um, who Elisa and I interviewed last year. We had an incredible discussion about her, and she shared her story about dealing with the University of Oregon um, and how they gave her rapist um, an assignment. He had to fill out, like, write, like, a six-page paper about what he learned from the situation. He had to do lines, basically. Yeah. This is the best case scenario. Let's let's be very clear about that. So often, people don't believe someone when they say that they have been raped or sexually assaulted. In this case, she had two witnesses. She had actual testimony from people who saw it. And she had a rape kit performed on her at a hospital the very next morning. So everything... This is the best case scenario. You have you have two credible witnesses. You have a rape kit performed. Uh, you have testimony, and even still, the the best that happened was he gets six months. That's that's what happens. So imagine if you don't have a witness. Imagine if you don't get a rape kit done the next day because you're too scared or you're not even you don't even know what happened. She probably wouldn't have even known what happened to her if not for those witnesses. So if this is how we treat best case scenarios, just in terms of, of I, I mean best case scenario in terms of like having all of your ducks in a row and having you know what the legal system defines as as credible evidence. Even when you have that evidence, this is what happens. So I think Matt Matt brings up a good point. What is this telling our daughters? What is this telling our sisters? 
What What's the message that the legal system is sending to them? I don't know. It's not a good one. No, the message it's sending to them is shut up. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's not a big deal. Like exactly. s- anything more than six months would damage this student forever. But, you know, rape, you'll get over in a couple days. Right. The implication almost seems to be like, well, she doesn't remember it. So how big of a deal can it be? And it's like, no, she goes into detail in in this letter that she wrote about the physical and mental repercussions that she's had to deal with. And those mental repercussions are going to be with her for the rest of her life. We would never treat any other kind of crime this way. If it were, you know, uh, if it were any other kind of violent crime, even it it would not be treated this way. Um, I want to read a really quick part from her letter because I think it's actually relevant to something we talked about either the last episode or the, or the one before we were talking about Johnny Depp actually, and how he had beat his, his wife, Amber Heard. And when TMZ reported on it, they put at the bottom something about Johnny Depp recently lost his mother and has been struggling a lot lately and yada, yada. And we had a little bit of a debate about what the fucking point of that was, how that was relevant or why they put it in there. And something that, um, the victim in this case wrote reminded me of that conversation. She said, quote, at the bottom of the article, she's referencing the article she read where she found out what happened to her. At the bottom of the article, after I learned about the graphic details of my own sexual assault, the article listed his swimming times. She was found breathing, unresponsive, with underwear six inches away from her bare stomach, curled in fetal position. By the way, he's a really good swimmer. Throw in my mile time if that's what we're doing. I'm good at cooking. Put that in there. I think the end is where you list your extracurriculars to cancel out all the sickening things that have happened. Yep. That's why the way, the last point I want to make on this is the way that we cover these stories matters deeply and profoundly. If to no one else, then to the victims themselves. When we report or talk about these sorts of cases, and then we have a little asterisk at the bottom, like, oh, by the way, his his mother just died. Or, oh, by the way, he was a great swimmer. Or, oh, you know, this happened or that happened. Or he was really yeah. struggling in school. Mm-hmm. It it comes across as justification or as lessening the damage that was done. It's just not relevant. And again, we wouldn't do that to any other crime. If someone was murdered tomorrow, um, we wouldn't say, you know, oh, this person, by the way, had a really tough childhood. They like lost their pet parrot when they were 18. It probably affected them deeply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lost my pet parrot when I was 14, and I haven't raped or killed anybody yet, so. Well, well done. I think. I'll, yeah. Do I get a gold star for that? Maybe that's, that's what you what should we, do. That's what we do in yeah. society, right? Like, we give people fucking, like, gold stars for just being good, decent human beings. It's like, rather than looking at that as, like, the minimum standard that you should meet, we treat it like it's some kind of elevated status. I think we should all go to this judge and we should all tell them what we're really good at it. Like we should say, Hey, I'm like a fuck. I can moderate some fan fiction. Let me tell you, (laughs) I can get through like 50 fucking awful Mary Sue's in a day. Does that mean I get to commit assault now? Yes. Good. Okay. (laughs) I want to see what crimes we can get you know, pardoned or excused or or reduced. Like, so for instance, a couple years ago, I rear-ended some lady, because I was texting, because I'm an idiot, uh, rear-ended her. She had a really nice Mercedes, and I left an itty-bitty little scratch on her car, and she freaked out and called the police. I got a ticket, whatever. Um, Since I'm good at a lot of things, can I just, like, get that Mm -hmm. expunged expunged (laughs) from my record? I feel like that's only fair. You're not an alcoholic. And so that's to be celebrated. <laughs> right. <laughs> well done, Draco. We should have a list of all of... Okay, if you have this talent, you get away with this crime. Like, if you're great... If you're like an American Idol-style singer, you can literally kill people. You can enter like a Hunger Games match and get away with it. It's cool. Or what if you're just like... I don't know. What if you're a talented writer? Or what if you can paint? 
<gasps> oh, I can. All misdemeanors forgiven. No okay, more parking yeah. tickets ever. There we go. Anyway. We did it, guys. All right. We're going <laughs> to. We did, we did it. Yay! <laughs> Four more years. <laughs> so. We'll jump into Hidden from the Headlines. This is another one that enrages me. There's a lot of anger happening here tonight. I know. It's so great. We're going to have such great sex afterwards. <laughs> the, the FBI is lobbying for access to U.S. citizens' internet browser history, cash, cookies, etc., without a warrant, so long as the investigation is somehow related to terrorism. So... What the FBI wants to do is effectively replace warrants with something called NSLs or national security letters. National security letters are letters that can be issued by any FBI field office director. And there's no oversight and it doesn't require a judge's approval. It's just some field director in any of the, in any of the field offices saying, yeah, okay, go ahead and do this. That's truly all it is. They want to replace warrants with those letters. If your field director says it's okay, then it's okay. Now, the other problem here is how the FBI defines terrorism is completely unclear. It can kind of mean whatever they want it to mean. Or in this proposal, it can mean whatever the field office director says it means. Now, FBI Director James Comey says that access to this data was supposed to be included in the Electronic Communications Privacy Act several years ago. But due to, quote, a typo, the legislation effectively left it up to tech firms like Google to decide whether or not they would comply with the FBI. And they aren't. So Comey and the surprise. F- surprise. So Comey and the FBI want to force Google and others to give up all of our data to and, and effectively fix this typo, they say, and force uh, Google and what have you to comply. Um, it's worth noting that this has already kind of made some moves in Congress. Senator John Cornyn of Texas has already introduced an amendment giving the FBI exactly what it wants. The only stipulation on this amendment is, again, it has to be related to terrorism. Furness, let me just point out that James Comey is also the same person who said that companies like Apple should be forced to build encryption backdoors into their devices. So it does not surprise me at all to hear this fucker, and yes, I'm calling him a fucker, spreading this kind of shit. Um, I think it's more of same. I think that, I think they were prodding around to try and find their way in, and they couldn't find it with Apple, so now they're going after Google and other companies like Google. It's just, it's insane. Here's here's the problem. There's many this, fucking this problems is, here. Yeah, th- this is the problem. Th- there's many problems. First and foremost, having needing a warrant is a constitutional right, and and trying to obfuscate that somehow is is illegal. And the reason why warrants are so critical to a free society, it's not to protect us from each other. It's not to protect us from hackers and private citizens. Warrants were introduced as a check on the government. And so effectively, the government now is trying to say, "Mm, let's just not have that check on our power. So the very thing that warrants were designed to protect us from is now trying to get rid of warrants. And they can make terrorism mean whatever they want it to mean. I don't understand. I put this under hidden from the headlines, despite the fact it was reported by Washington Post, because I haven't seen shit about it. Have you guys, like, before before tonight in the Washington Post article, have you guys heard about no. this? Mm-mm. Nope. This is news to me. But it doesn't surprise me, because, again, I feel like... They're just going at this from a different angle to try and get what they want. They've been trying to do this for the last two years. Yeah, I feel like this is just going to be an ongoing battle that we're just going to see in different ways. Like, this is sort of kind of the same thing that we had to deal with uh, with the uh, with the shooter in Santa Bar- uh, San Bernardino, with, the, with Apple and the iPhone, mm-hmm. and with the Patriot Act. And, like, we're just going to constantly see the government trying to find ways to 
f- find a f- find a way for what they're already possibly doing without us knowing, uh, making it okay because it's the law. Right. They're trying to set a legal precedent. Right. I was going to say. I mean, it just seems like they're they're poking and prodding, and they're trying to find a vulnerability to be able to exploit this. Um, so far, I feel like the only place that I feel like they might be able to find a vulnerability is with Windows phones. Um, so, like, good luck with that, guys. I mean, the good news is there are only, like, 400 people with Windows phones. Oh. So, none of them are terrorists. They're, like... Man, that you was... Know, <laughs> it's like, oh, measure? you can have their data. They're probably just, yeah. like, Googling sex positions or whatever. Like, no one knows. <laughs> they're just on Microsoft Paint. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just browsing MySpace. Like, I don't... There's just... Yeah, there's... They're, like, making their little Zanga profiles on there. It's, th- those phones are not, I think... Um, They're not real phones. Complex enough to do that kind of... Sorry, Windows phone owners. Um, yeah, I don't think How are you any. listening to this show anyways? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth pointing uh, out... i just have you know it's, that. It's, Go ahead. it's worth pointing out that, uh, unfortunately, the Obama administration is backing this. I mean, of course, the FBI director is not really going to do this without Obama's blessing, so it's not explicit, but um, it is presumed rightfully that the Obama, that the Obama White House is, is endorsing the FBI on this matter. Which... Yeah, so this particular arena is, for me, the big fail of the Obama administration. I overall really quite like Obama. I voted for him twice, and I'm glad that I did. But this particular issue is where he has fucked up up the most for me i agree mm-hmm. totally national i mean his approach to national security policy has been like seriously heavy-handed and honestly this is i find this surprising because traditionally it's usually the republicans who are mm-hmm. much more into like fucking surveillance and whatever as as evidenced by the fact that most of the people supporting this amendment including john Cornyn himself are republicans so it does – it frightens me a little bit, and I know that sometimes it comes across as though, like, we're just, like, super Hillary fans, but I will say this is a, this is an issue where I, I, I have with Hillary as well. And I, wor- mm-hmm. and I worry deeply that Hillary will just continue Obama's legacy in this matter. Like, if this happens, guys, if, if Google and everyone else is forced to turn over our browsing history – just because some field director fuck. in bumfuck Oklahoma is like, yeah, let's check out what porn they're watching. What like that's no. that's insane. That's that's insanity. That is almost to the level. And I don't say I'm I'm not trying to be alarmist here, but that is almost like some Orwellian shit. Truly. Oh no, it totally is. I'm actually looking at my internet history right now to see what's in here. I just want to see, like, what they would find. What would they I'm find? I'm always an incognito, so um, it's, it's, it's They fine. would find, they find... Let me see. I'm looking right now. They would find... I'm looking for apartments. They would find a bunch of, like, weird Craigslist links. <gasps> um, the Sonic menu, because there was a Sonic <laughs> close to where I was over the weekend, and I didn't remember what they had. Um, <gasps> Sherry's Berries is something <gasps> else they berries. would find. I sent my friend some chocolate-covered strawberries. She had surgery. Um, yeah, nothing. I mean, so you know what's funny is no. I'm looking at I'm looking at my browsing history right now, and and it, it lists the top ten. Of the top ten, five of them are related to student loans. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have Nelnet, studentloans.gov. Um, yeah, like uh, all of like my lo- my whole like loan history basically is is in here. I kind of want to be like, yeah, go ahead, bitch, take a look and give me money because this isn't going well. Yeah, the government's gonna think I'm a cat lady because yeah. I have just pages of searching for duvet covers. Yeah, one of my top ten is Amazon Prime. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, go through my Prime pantry. And just see how much of a fat ass I am. My top side so <laughs> Amazon, Netflix, Domino's, and <laughs> something else. And pretty much something just else? screams. What's, what's just probably screams I'm Matt? sleeping alone every night. I think if if 
if FBI Director Comey wants our browsing history so badly, we should all send it to him. We should yes. pa- We should send package up. We should package up all of the shit, all the porn that we watch. Just giant screen caps of like cock and like Andrew's gaping asshole, probably, and send it to James Comey. I'm serious about this. We need to compile like a bunch of our browsing history and send it to him. Totally. Um, I am actually looking up FBI Director James Comey right now. They don't have. Oh, you can't contact him directly. Well, that's stupid. You can send it to the to the office to the headquarters in DC. That's where he is, and just like CC it to him. Yeah. Seriously, oh, this is a sh- all listeners. I'll do it. I want all the listeners email us millennialshow at gmail dot com with just a screen cap or two of of some of one of your browsing history pages that you're comfortable sharing, and email to us. Or we're, not. we're gonna put it in a pile and we're gonna send it to James Comey. That'll be amazing. I want to send... Okay, so I'm going to, like, look up all of this ridiculous porn. Yeah. And send that to him, like, backdoor sluts for. Yeah. You wanted this so bad, here you go. I will actually... I will personally hand deliver it. We should get... I'll get somebody to record me... To record me delivering it to James Comey. Or at least to the building, anyway. (laughs) You are... And then you're going to be on their most wanted list. I don't... You know what? The way it's going right now, I feel like fucking everyone's going to be on their most wanted list. Hang on. Let's yeah, see. I'm surprised Andrew got on a plane, quite honestly. <laughs> I'm seeing who's on their uh, most wanted list right now. Andrew. Andrew Sims. Very quickly before we, well, you guys can do whatever, but like, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. I'm so. <laughs> like, you guys do whatever you want. I'm just going to. You guys like, do whatever you lead want. Lead the show on. Yeah, I want to quickly, I want to say that the amendment that is making movement, there are two committees that have the most jurisdiction over this issue, and that is the Senate Judiciary Committee and the Senate Intelligence um, Committee. And on the Senate Intelligence Committee, I'm going to post links to both of those committees' member pages so you can see exactly who's on each of those committees. There's not that many. There's like 10 on each committee. If you're Senator is on one of these committees. You need to write them and call them and tell them this is not cool. This is not okay. And if they support it anyway, you need to send them your browser history too, but only <laughs> only the rated R stuff. All right? And I mean, can't you demand a response? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, like anytime I've ever written to any of these people, like there's always a checkbox so you can require them to respond to pictures of your, you know, dick or whatever you want to send. And if you want, yeah, you, you, you demand, demand a response, <laughs> demand a response to your browser history and make sure that somewhere in there is like backdoor sluts for. <laughs> or actually write them, write them a little for. note. Like, have you ever watched backdoor sluts for? See if they respond. There's actually, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of porn about some of the presidential candidates. (laughs) Not just, not just this cycle, but past cycles. And I think that you should make sure, make sure that you, in your browsing history, is like Trump. (laughs) Nailin Palin. Nailin Palin. Trump versus, (laughs) Trump versus Clinton. Oh, no. God, Make sure that's at the top of your history and send that shit along and be like, you want it so fucking bad, here you go. Please, like, you know, Pixar didn't happen. I wonder if it's age appropriate, too. Like, the actors. I don't know, Matt. Why don't you find out for us? I'm Actually, I'm doing it already. All no, right, well, keep us posted. They're hot. Um, by the way, we just wanted to do a quick primary update it does look like Hillary has won in New Jersey. She's leading in New Mexico. And Sanders is leading in North Dakota. But Hillary Clinton is leading in South Dakota. Very interesting. Cool. Thing. That is a... Uh, wouldn't have expected that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> should we be... Should we Clinton's be like, also Blitzer? leading in New Mexico. Might be. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, uh, obviously this is a big day for uh, Clinton and uh, 
Bernie Sanders. Uh, obviously, this is going to be. Who are you doing? Wolf Blitzer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was, the monotone was putting me asleep. That that actually makes perfect I think, sense. I think what Blitzer mm-hmm. yells more than that, though. I think he's. I think it's. I think it's more like, yeah. "Hello, this is a situation room. We are here to interview <laughs> Don. I mean, not Don Lemon. Fuck. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, yeah. Welcome, situation room. We have this big screen that's going to be showing Anderson Cooper's shower camera. Here's John uh, Obviously, he's not in it right now, but uh, word has it that he hasn't showered in a couple hours. So, you know, like, it should be a pretty interesting thing if we see it. Let's check in now with our ten split-screen, split uh, ten split-screen. <sighs> this is now Gloria Borger. Ball. Gloria Borger here for the Situation Room. Hey, guys. All right, we're going to move on to Devil's Advocate. Uh, Please. I we're, really, we're I really want uh, Laura. Okay. I We're going to put you on the hot seat first. Of course you are. However, I say this as though I don't know the answer. However you feel about whether or not uh, Bernie Sanders should drop out after California primary, argue the opposite. Okay. I'm going to start a timer, Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> you, said, you said okay pretty quick. I feel like you're like, all right, bitch, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I knew it. So here's the thing. One thing that you have to take into account about Bernie is that it has actually been really good for Hillary to have him running alongside her. Because for one, it stops her from basically running uncontested for a year. Two, it pulls her further to the left to get the real base of the Democratic Party, like the real liberal America, what it wants. Because we have to be honest with ourselves. Hillary Clinton does not represent a progressive agenda, and Bernie Sanders does. So even if he doesn't actually win, he has the potential to really shift the party platform and sort of insert a lot of more progressive um, uh, policy proposals in there. Um, I think that this could probably get him a really good speaking spot during the convention and also <laughs> also allow him um, to, to really continue just running a very, like, issues-oriented campaign until the very end. Furthermore, you know, in regards to the Democratic establishment, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're adding the superdelegates in, Hillary has won, but why do the superdelegates count? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like we're a representative democracy. What is happening okay? right now? Oh my like, God. I like when I vote for somebody, I want that person to win. So I don't really like this idea of supporting delegates who may or may not vote the way that I want them to vote. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't it's understand. Democracy. I don't um, think it is, Matt. I don't think it is. Um, furthermore... <laughs> It's, I still have a few seconds Fair left. Fair enough. You're not, you haven't really used difficult. the word shill once. I haven't. Shillery. There we go. And there we go. <laughs> and one more second. Yep. <laughs> there you go. That was some Twilight Zone shit. Was it? Yeah. Was, you- it too, was, I, was I too, like, did I, I I'm, I'm a method actor. Um, Jesus Christ! I really try to put myself in the shoes of the people. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, impersonating the first half of that. You sounded pretty serious. You sounded, you sounded pretty real. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Um, The arguments that 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 people who are in denial make only tend to make sense for about the first minute, and then it's just all downhill from there. Shit! Burn! Oh God, you're feeling that burn. Yeah. Damn. Uh, oh, yeah. head for the hills, guys. Damn. Don't worry. Most of our listeners are Bernie supporters, so oh. we can watch our subscriber numbers tank after this episode. They hate us so much right now. <laughs> I do want to say, to be fair, the points we were bringing up, I actually did agree with just a few months ago. Like, I, yeah, I, I like totally. the, I like the fact that he ran. I like the fact that he pulled her to the left, and I like the fact yeah. that, I mean, he he stood for something very serious, and he's done a lot. I just think that at some point you have to. You have to recognize when you've been beat is all. Like, I'm all mm-hmm. for the fact that he was part of this. Just Right. Well, you got to recognize that at some point. Like, what you're doing now is actually hurting the party more. Well. Once. Right. And it's not even that. Like, you're just 
the last thing we need right now is for liberal America to be split in this particular election year. Yeah. Let's let's look at the Bush, Gore, and Nader example from 2000. Or the Republican Party in general right now. Yeah. Right. See, what scares me about that, though, is the Republicans, like, there's not, there doesn't seem to be the split happening that we all thought was going to happen. Like, people are all starting to kind of, like, line up. Yeah, Trump. like it's it's almost like they never really believed in the things that they fought for, anyways, well, which is a big shocking thing. And I, I think I think we we all agree we'd feel this exact same way if the roles were reversed, if Bernie were in the lead and Hillary weren't, we'd be like, "Fuck off, Clinton." Yeah, we, no, seriously, we really need to mm-hmm. rally around Sanders now. Like this is not, in my personal opinion, yeah. the election to be like wishy-washy. Like, whoever yeah, like, is like standing t- take against... Take a hint, Hillary. Yeah, exactly. It's take just a, not gonna happen. Take a fucking hint. Right, take a fucking seat. Go home. <laughs> anyway, alright, Matt. Um, you're no, up. I, no, I'm, I'm good. Let's no, move on no, to the next no, thing. No, no, Matt. It's your turn. You're gonna... No. Matt, 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 shut... I don't like any of today's topics. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm saying. Okay, okay, you're going to argue the FBI story. So however you feel about James Comey and the FBI having access to your browser history, argue the opposite. Are you ready? Fuck no. <laughs> Laura, do you have a timer set? I, I have your timer and I'm starting it now, bitch. Go, bitch. All right. We're going to talk about the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stalling. I really think I, that. I know. I mean, okay. Like to be perfectly honest, like we all are, we all know we're not stupid that the FBI has been looking at our search history. They've had the ability to do this pretty much since the dawn of the internet itself. The, uh, really, what they're trying to do is just more, more or less, try to be honest with us about what they are doing and i think in the past with like our whistleblower with whistleblowers uh we know the public has been very angry when they find things out uh about what the government is doing about our privacy um when they weren't honest with us in the first place i think what they're trying to do now is be a little more open about the fact that our privacy isn't as private as we thought it was uh and so now they are trying to have that kind of understanding like look you have the freedom to do – this is a free country, but, you know, sometimes freedom does come with a price. And you have to know that in order for us to protect you, a lot of the times we have to have the ability to – to To know when shit is going to happen. And we can't do that if, 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 if our resources stay the same and uh, technology keeps moving forward. So really we have to come to the realization that – you know, they're going to do this no matter what. And at least with this, we have some kind of common ground and mutual understanding that, you know, we are aware of it. We are aware that the uh, the government can and possibly does look at the things that we think that we do in private. And that's just the 21st century, guys. You know, if you didn't want uh, the government to be looking at your Facebook, then you shouldn't really have a Facebook account. All right. Well done, Matthew. You are, like, the living embodiment of the Patriot Act. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was oddly very easy. I thought you were going to just keep saying FBI. The FBI. <laughs> no, the FBI is the federal government. Okay. Okie dokie. Yeah, it's it's all the same thing. Potato, potato, you're fucking not alone. All right. Well, as we said at the beginning of the show, coming up in After Dark, we are going to talk about plans for election season for the show. So we definitely hope you'll tune into that. If you are interested in hearing that episode or any other episodes of After Dark, checking out any of our blogs um, or any of the other random shit that we post there, you can pledge over on Patreon for as low as $2 a month. That's patreon.com forward slash millennial. Also, don't forget to write us, millennialshow at gmail.com. If you want to respond angrily to some of my comments about Bernie Sanders, that is your place. Um, Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash millennial show also our facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash millennial show twitter 
Millennial Show, Instagram Millennial Show as well. And don't forget to check out our Fuck Off Cupid Instagram, which is just literally Fuck Off Cupid, all in one word. You can send us your ridiculous screen caps from your various online dating interactions, and we will do dramatic readings of them on the show. I love that segment so I much. I love doing that. Even it's though a lot of fun. I'm so terrible at it. I don't think I've gotten through a single fucking submission without laughing. <laughs> I'm gonna be dragging my balls across your face today. Love it. I've got nine thick inches That's, waiting. Honestly, if you want we it. should we should include all of our fuck off Cupid submissions as like a cover page to James Comey when we send him yes. our shit. When we send him our browser history, the very top should be like, "This is what we deal with on the internet as well." We're gonna be dragging our balls you... across your face, James. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Comey, can you do something about this? Yes. Like, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be fucking watching us, can you can you make can you stop? Can you help us out, please. <laughs> help her, All right. And Elisa has already picked our outro music for today. Elisa, what is it? This is this one's for you, James Comey, FBI. Every breath you take by the police. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you this week. Uh, We will see you next week for Season 2, Episode 23. I'm Laura. I'm Elisa. And I'm Matt. That's right. Peace, fuckers. And I'm James Comey. (laughs) Oh, shit. How'd he get here? He's fucking everywhere. (laughs) He's been here this whole time. Bye, guys. Does it kind of turn you on knowing the government's watching you masturbate? Fucking hell. Fucking hell, man. Matt, you caught me so off guard with that that I literally choked on my drink. On her cock. It's hard to make you choke, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that happened. You guys ready for After Dark? (laughs) I love it when Matt makes a joke and then laughs at himself. (laughs)